Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information about Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you're joining me today. And the message I have today for you is, nothing is impossible for God. And I know that we all know that. We sing songs about it. We read about it. We tell each other this concept. But sometimes it's hard to actually have faith in that concept and believe it. And so as I was doing my devotionals and thinking about what I might do for this message, that's what kept coming up, the word possible. And so I thought, you know, this might be something that we want to address today. Because I've, I was struck by how much I still struggle with this concept, even though I've been a Christian the majority of my life. And I have seen God do impossible impossible things for myself and for others, for my patients, and on countless different occasions. And so I frequently remark to my patients, my clients, about how thankful I am that God is not easily offended. Because although I believe that God can do the impossible, and I pray to him countless times a week for him to do that very thing, I'm continuously shocked when he actually does it. Now, shocked in a good way, I'm so excited. I'm thinking, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, God did it again. But why is that so difficult for us to maybe carry that that belief, that faith? And so I'm going to talk about this a little bit and about how many of you may be having some impossible things that you have to face and how many of you are needing to have the faith that God can actually do the impossible. And so it kind of comes, comes down to this one statement that I have learned through all these years of being a Christian that I say to God when it comes to impossible things. And I say, Lord, if you don't do it, it won't get done. This is truly as good as it gets. I've done everything I can think of to do. I'm weary. I'm disappointed. I'm worried. And I don't know if I can even hope anymore for anything different. So I'm resigning myself. Maybe this is your will. Maybe I just need to accept this. And that's what happens many times when we face the impossible. We really ask ourselves, we're saying to God and to other people, should I really continue to believe that God can do this impossible thing? Or maybe this is just the way he wants it. Maybe I'm getting in the way of it. Maybe I don't have enough faith. Maybe I just need to accept this and resign myself to this. So what I did was I pulled together some of my favorite verses. And I want you to listen to them and, and let them sink in. I want you to really, really hear these. And the first one is Mark 9, 23 through 25. And this is the man that is bringing his little boy to Jesus and and hoping that there's a healing. And he says, he says, God, if you can do this. And Jesus responds to him and says, if you can, said Jesus, everything is impossible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And so I think we can all relate to that. 
that intellectually, I really do believe that God can do the impossible. Of course he can. God can do anything. But when it comes to actually believing for me, for the things that I really need, the things that are really important to me, I have a hard time actually believing that. Because all those things maybe that are going on get in the way of me actually believing. Believing that God will do that impossible for me. And so then we see in Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 through 23, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So here we are again thinking, oh, uh-oh, maybe the burden is on me to make sure that this impossible, thing's ha- this impossible thing happens because I don't have the belief. I don't believe strongly enough. I don't have enough faith. So if we look again in Mark chapter 14, 34 through 36, this is what Jesus is saying. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And see, that's interesting to think that Jesus is saying, if it's possible, if this is possible for the impossible, he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. So we see another example here that Jesus is believing. He's saying, Father, everything is possible for you, but I still want your will and not my will. So we have this also this idea of, are we supposed to just figure out what God's will is in order for us to believe? So as we go further through this, I'm going to show you all these different things where we can kind of get a little confused in thinking, it's a lot of my responsibility to believe this. And if I don't have enough faith, it's not going to get done. Because we see Jesus saying, everything's possible, but your will, not my will. So if we look in Matthew chapter 19, 25 through 27, this is what it says. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with a man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And this is very important. This is the crux of what we're looking at today. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So we have to understand that when Jesus is saying that, he's even understanding and recognizing our humanity. That these things are impossible. Even if we feel like we have faith that moves mountains, God still has to do it. And so there is still a a piece of this that we're going to have to find. So we see some comfort in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. It says, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. So this is comforting because on one hand, we say, he, he, there, God is saying, if you believe, you, you can move mountains. Then we have another instance when Jesus is saying, if it's possible, you can, you can remove this, but your will. So Jesus is needing to ask God to know even what to believe. Then we have another one when it says, Jesus is saying, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So now in Timothy, 2 Timothy, he says, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. So even when we are losing faith, even when our faith feels weak, we can trust that God is still faithful to do the impossible. So in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 2, it says, was my arm too short to ransom you? Do I lack the strength to rescue you? So he's telling us that he has the strength to do these things. And we see again in Jeremiah 32, verse 27. 
He says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? So even our lack of faith is not too hard for God. And so in Isaiah 55, 7 through 8, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so this is very important to realize that God is so much bigger than us, and he understands how small we are. He understands we're like a a blade of grass, a wisp of air, and he still values us so deeply. So this last verse is one of my favorites, and it's Ephesians 3, chapter 3, 19 through 21. And, he, and here he says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And that's very important, this love that surpasses knowledge. So his love for me surpasses all the knowledge that I could ever have. I can't have enough knowledge to know God. And he says that you may be filled to the measure of the, all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more and all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So we're seeing yet again that God can do the impossible, and he does it through us many times. Many times he does it through others for us. Sometimes he just does it for us. And other times he uses us to do that amazing impossible work. So again, we see in these verses, nothing is impossible for God. With God, all things are possible. God's arm is not too short to save. And nothing is too hard for God. So these are amazing statements. And again, I know in my head it's true. And I've read about the miracles that God has done. I've seen miracles done in my life and in the life of patients, my friends, my family. The parting of the Red Seas, a miracle. The virgin birth, healing the leper, the blind, the deaf, the lame. Nothing is impossible. But as I've said before, When I'm presented with this dilemma, a dilemma that I think is impossible, or I have an enduring or chronic issue in my life, and I question God all over again, it's as if I have no history with him. And I say to myself, where is my faith? So this is what I want to encourage you about today. One of the ways that we strengthen our faith. And so the first place we start with is history. And we're going to talk about a couple of things that help and support our faith and what God can do. And so this first issue of history is what history do I have with God? And if you're a brand new believer, you have great history anyways because you were saved and you got to meet the Lord firsthand. And so that's a great place of history. If you're, if you're a believer that has believed for many, many years and walked with the Lord for many years, We want to look at those altar experiences. What is the history that I have with God? And I know for myself, God has never let me down, ever. Every time I look back in my past, I see how God has done amazing things for me, some that I've asked for, some I didn't even know to ask for, some he just did for me, and I was thankful after. And so it's important that we realize one of the best ways to be strengthening our faith so that we can believe for the impossible is to always remind ourselves of history. And this is all through the Old Testament when we saw God telling them to build these altars, to remind their children and their children's children and their children's children, this is where God did this. This is the story behind this altar. And so it's important for you that you establish this in your life so that you can think back. Maybe you need to write a list so that you can refer to a list and say, 
1979, 2013. This is the things that I've seen God do in my life so that I can establish these wonderful historical accounts of how faithful God is. So when I'm losing faith, I want to look at these things that God has done and remind myself of history. Because think of, think of yourself with other people. When you have history with someone and you have good history, right, then you can know that you can believe in that person, even if you're feeling let down in the moment. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about nothing is impossible for God. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt. And today we are talking about faith and and really helping ourselves with this concept of nothing is impossible for God. And I was saying in the first segment how we know this in our head, we tell each other these things, we sing songs about it, but many times we struggle with actually believing it, having that faith that continues to pray to God and beseech him and ask him to do the impossible in our life. And so whatever is impossible for you today, I want you to really take heart this whole entire message so that it can be encouraging for you. All these messages are always encouraging to me as I write them, so it always helps me to write these. So I'm praying that this is helping you as well. And so this idea that nothing is impossible for God and trying to get this concept where we actually have that faith that moves mountains and that enduring faith that is able to pray and ask God for things maybe that we need to pray for years and years and years for God to do. And we may start to falter, and we may start to think, you know, maybe this is just my idea. Maybe this is my will. Maybe this is God's choice, and he doesn't want to do this. Maybe he is, maybe I need to just accept this. Maybe I need to resign myself to this. So this is important that we understand in one of the last verses that we were talking about is this idea when Jesus was the night before he was going to walk the way of Calvary, he said to God, if this is possible, let this hour pass. And he said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will. So this is very encouraging to me because God, it, God is, is hearing his son and his son is saying, not my will, but your will. Now, whether or not Jesus actually knew completely the will of God. I'm not sure because he was human. And so we see this example of him continuing to ask for the impossible and then saying it be God's will. But he didn't try to necessarily figure all of that out. So this is important for us to to remember that we just need to tell God what it is we need. We need to tell him what it is that we want. And we need to continue to do that because this is a relational issue. Faith is a relational issue. And as we were talking at the very end of the last segment, We were talking about the first way, the foundational piece for building faith is history. And I want you to think about someone in your life that has good history with you. And so I have people that have very good history with me. When they do something that doesn't make sense to me, I can go back to the history and I can say, you know, but I know this person. And I know their intentions. I know their motives. And I believe in them. And I have faith in them. And so when they tell me they're going to do something, I know they're going to do it. 
And that's an important concept that we need to, to work on with God, is that we have this history with him. So you want to think back all through your life at all the different things God has done for you, how he has come through when you didn't even know that he, if he would, you didn't even know to ask him to do it, or when you stopped asking him to answer that prayer, and he did it. And so this is important when we are working with faith with God, is understanding our history with him. And if you had listened to, to the other show where we talked about why no peace, and we talked about how important it is that we have positivity in our thinking, this is one of the ways that we help ourselves when we are in the midst of asking for the impossible for God, is that we look at our history with him. So what we have is, I'm going to give you this little equation. We first have history. We have knowledge. We have belief and trust. So we have knowledge of who God is. Then we have history with him. That's evidence. That's the, the evidence of my faith. Then I add belief to that, that I believe in who he is because I have history and I have evidence and I know who he is. This gives me trust because when I trust God, I can have faith to move mountains. So we first have knowledge. So you may have a lot of knowledge about somebody but not know them. So it's harder to believe in somebody that you've just heard about than it is to believe in someone you know. So we start with knowledge. We learn about God. We continue to encourage ourselves and to study in knowing God. But when we add history, that strengthens that knowledge. That makes that knowledge real. So when we have history, we have evidence of our knowledge of God, which causes us to be able to believe. Because I can say, I know God, and I can believe in him because I know him. The same way, people that have good history in my life. I can know about my husband, but I also now have history with him, which adds to my belief in who I know him to be, which increases my trust in him. So this is what God is wanting us to do. He wants us to continue to pursue knowing him. The more I know about him, the more I'm able to believe. And the more I know about him and I add history and evidence to it, the more I believe in who I know him to be, which allows me to trust in the goodness that he wants good things for me and that he has perfect timing and that his will is always the best, because that's what gives me the faith. So what I want you to think about is when we try to believe the above statements that I just got done telling you, we often try to muster up or will ourselves to have faith in God for what we need. So where does my faith come from? Is it a feeling? Is it an action? Is it simply thought or knowledge? Well, see, God in his mercy gives us the, the variables that I just got done talking to you about to strengthen our faith so that it is unshakable and enduring. Because God knows how difficult it is for humans that are bound by time, that are in a fallen world, that really don't know, really don't know what God is always doing. And he knows that we have a hard time believing and trusting. And he's wanting us to have that faith that moves mountains. And the faith that moves mountains is rooted in who God is, our history in him, and our trust in him. So this is what I want you to think about. Again, first, we have knowledge, which is truth. This is who God says he is. He says he's my father. He's my friend. This is his character. It's love, justice, purity, honesty. So the knowledge of God 
is who he is. And I want that knowledge to be based in truth. And one of the best ways I get truth is I read the Bible. And we know how important it is to be meditating and reading the Bible and knowing who God is and getting that truth deep within us so that when things aren't looking right, when I'm not understanding what is happening, when I'm fearing that I'm going to lose a loved one, when I'm thinking that my business is failing, when I find out I have an illness, when I'm thinking that I can't trust someone that I love, when I'm needing things for my children, this is when the knowledge of God, I tell myself who he is so that I can then have that faith. So who God is is extremely important. Then when we add that evidence or history, this is what he's done. So when I'm trying to believe for the impossible today, I want to look back at all the impossible things that God has done for me in the past because that matches his character because God loves to do the impossible. He loves to show us that he is capable always of doing the impossible. So we have knowledge of who he is. We put that with history and evidence and then belief. Now belief in him is because of the two above things. And so this is important when I really want to strengthen my belief is that I say to myself, what has he done? What is true about the God that I serve? Because the enemy is always wanting to come in and assassinate his character and cause me to lose belief and trust. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about this idea that nothing is impossible for God. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about nothing is impossible for God. And, we are, and we've been really discussing how we, how we increase our faith or strengthen our faith to really believe for the impossible, to really have that faith that moves mountains. Because one of the things that God loves is our faith. Think about how you feel when someone believes in you, when you feel that somebody has faith in you and what that feels like. See, it pleases God when we have faith in him and we, when we have faith in who he is and we profess our faith and we strengthen others in our faith so that when someone else is feeling weaker in their faith, we can strengthen them in our faith. So what I want you to think about again is this concept that one of the things that builds faith are these four variables, the knowledge of who God is, the evidence and history that I have with him that increases my belief in who I know he is, which causes me to be able to trust him fully. And when I trust him fully, my faith is unshakable. So this last one is, is this trust issue. So I'm believing in who he is, and then I'm trusting. Now, I trust who he says he is because of what he's done, because I have faith in history and evidence. And I trust him even when it doesn't make sense. Because this is what I always say to myself when I'm in certain situations or there's an issue that I'm really needing faith for. And I just remind myself, I either trust him or I don't. There isn't, there isn't a gray area there. I don't, I, it's not like, well, one day I can trust him and the next day I don't. Or I trust him with this, but not with this. With God, it's full on. I either trust him or I don't. He either is who he says he is or he isn't. And so that helps me to 
to strengthen my faith. When I say, wait a minute, I either trust God or I don't. I can't, I can't do it halfway. He's either who he says he is or he isn't. And that reminds me that I know who he is. And so you want to remind yourself that the enemy is always wanting to come in and assassinate God's character. He always wants to undermine who God is because he knows that that decreases our faith. And when our faith is decreased, the enemy has more power. And so we want to really be bolstering up our faith. So when we put all of these things together, this gives me hope for the impossible. When I put knowledge and truth and history and evidence and belief and trust, that gives me that faith and this gives me the ability to hope for the impossible. And so we see in Hebrews 11.1, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, this is what the ancients were commended for, right? By faith, Moses did, you know, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Isaac. You may have also heard a different um, version that says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so when we put all these together, then we have this faith to hope for things that are impossible, to hope for the, a better world, to hope for healings, to hope for... Um, all these different financial successes that we need to hope for salvation for the earth. And so these are big things to hope for. And when we have these variables and we are rooted and grounded in truth, looking at our history with God, believing who he is and trusting him, then we have faith to hope for the impossible. So what we're seeing is that this faith issue, it needs to be more than just our will, needs to be more than just knowledge. It must be relational must be. So trust, knowledge, history, and belief are the necessary components within intimate relationships. So think about the relationships you have with individuals in your life and how important these issues are in order for you to have faith when you're feeling like you can't see what's happening or you're not understanding what's happening. When I have faith in someone, it's because I have knowledge of who they are. I believe in who they are. I have history with them and I trust them. So I can hope for really big things. So again, God's grace and mercy even supersedes our lack in any of these areas. Because when we look at this passage again in Mark 9, 23 and 25, when Jesus says, if you can, everything's impossible for the one who believes. And immediately the boy's father explained, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So what we see is that nothing is impossible for God, even my unbelief. This is God's grace and mercy for understanding his people. So it's very important that you don't fall into condemnation when you're feeling like you don't have the faith that you need for whatever issue is in your life that you are praying for. When you are thinking to yourself, I must be the one that's getting in the way of God doing this because I don't have enough faith. So God is saying nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible, even our unbelief. Because we have again in 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 13, it says, If we are faithful, if, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. And see, what we're seeing is a way to increase and strengthen and support, in our, support our faith. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me for the last part of this hour when we finish up this idea that nothing is impossible for God.
Well, welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about the fact that nothing is impossible for God and how difficult that is for us to often believe. And maybe you have really big things in your life right now that you're believing for and you're feeling like your faith is faltering. Well, this is what we're looking at today. We're saying nothing is impossible for God, even our unbelief. And so we see that in the last uh, verse that we were looking at in Mark chapter 9, where Jesus is saying rhetorically to the man that asked for the healing of his son, if, if you can, says Jesus, he says, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. So he believed in his head, but he wasn't feeling it. He wasn't sure. And so he wasn't completely congruent in himself. So what we see is the little boy still was healed. He still was healed. This means that nothing is impossible, even our feelings of unbelief, because he really, really respects the idea that intellectually we do believe. But believing completely congruently our whole person is very difficult to do sometimes, especially when it's critical, something very critical that we're praying for. So when we continue to reground ourselves in evidence and history of God and the knowledge of who he is that increases our belief in who we know him to be and that causes a deep trust in him when we have that we have the faith we need so Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 says truly I tell you unless you change and become like little children you will never enter the kingdom of heaven and see this, this is part of when he's talking about this in this um, verse, in this chapter. He's saying that this is someone that humbles themselves, is becoming a little child. This exhibits trust, openness, and eagerness to learn. So this particular verse, he is, the, the notes around it are saying, becoming like a little child, become like a child, is humbling ourselves. Because this is, this is a, an exhibition of trust. Children just trust us implicitly. This is why we protect them, because they will trust strangers. They will trust anyone. And so God is saying, I want that kind of trust. Because when we trust that deeply, we can believe for anything. We can have faith for everything. So this example of becoming a child, just as a child asks his father for what he needs or wants, we are to ask our father, our friend Jesus, for what we need and what we want. The child has faith in his father's ability to supply and perform. So if you're a parent, you want your children to ask. You want to be involved in their life. So just as a parent, you may not have the answer for every question or respond to every request that your child wants or has. But our father is that much more loving and wise as he hears our requests, and he does know the answer to everything, and he can perform anything. So we have to remind ourselves that just because he says no or wait, it does not mean he is unable or unwanting. So again, we see this idea in Mark chapter 14, where Jesus is saying, he's on the ground praying that if possible, the hour might pass from him. And he says to the Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but your will. So we see ultimate trust that Jesus is having in his Father, which is complete faith. So he is able to, to know in the deepest part of his heart that God's will is the best for him. So for us, we don't know God's will many times in our life. We like to think we do. 
This is why it's important for us to continue to not try to figure all that out, but just to simply have the faith of a little child and say to God, your will be done. Nothing is impossible for you. And continue to say to God what we need and what we want. And it may be years that we pray for something. Years. I, I, uh, I know a story. My um, mother has a very good friend that married a Jewish man. And they were married for around 52 years. She prayed for him, their entire marriage, for him to be saved relentlessly. And on the day he died, he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and was saved. Fifty-two years she prayed for him without faltering. So it's important that we really try not to figure out always God's will, but we always pray to him as, a, as we trust in him as a father that his will be done and that we know that nothing is impossible for him. So today, I want you to think about, what are you hoping for? Where is your hope? Because we talked about Hebrews 11, 1, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we have this deeply grounded, rooted faith, that gives us hope. We can hope for the impossible. So what are you discouraged about today? What do you continue to ask God for? What, what seems like he's not hearing or caring about? And this is important as we are understanding this process of endurance with the Lord and how much pleasure we give him when we continue to trust in who we know he is and the goodness that he has for us and that he is doing the impossible and he is doing things that we don't understand that we can't see, just like our parents did for us. They did many things for us that we couldn't see. So we're going to start today as little children in whom he loves so deeply. He loves us so passionately, so completely. It's incomprehensible. And we are not able to understand, but we want to believe and to accept this knowledge. And this is what's most important, that we honor God when we have faith in him. And, and I was struck a couple of weeks ago, I had this insight that maybe is not insightful to you, but to me, it was very profound because I know I can affect how God feels. I know I can affect him by my behavior. And so we, we kind of take for granted this idea that we're actually really in relationship with him, and I can actually give God good feelings. I can give him good feelings. I don't always give him good feelings when it comes to my behavior. So that's not the only way I can give him good feelings. So when you think about how you feel when someone believes in you, has faith in you, trusts you, how that causes you to feel, well, this is what we give to God every time we believe in who he says he is and we believe in his character. So this is about relationship. So I want you to think back on the evidence that you have that can strengthen you to remind yourself of who you know he is, even if it's hard to believe. Remember, because he is bigger than your unbelief. So stop trying to muster up enough faith. Just simply believe in your relationship to him through Christ that sent him. So if that relationship is unsatisfying, if you don't feel like your relationship with God is, is good or helpful or any of these things, then tell him that as well. Because when we are working on relationship with individuals, I do this all day. People need to talk about the negative things as well as the positive things. That's how we create intimacy. So God wants to hear those negative things. If you're feeling like he's not hearing you or listening to you or doesn't care about you, then tell him that. Start there. Start with that part of the relationship. 
because all these things are important to him. You want to hear in your life if people are unsatisfied with a relationship because you want those relationships to work. Well, God wants the same. So if you think about children, when you have, you have children, if you do, you want all parts of that child. You don't want just the good parts. You want the entire person. I mean, ask yourself, or anyone, any parent that has lost a child, they would love to have any piece of that child back that they could get. They would take anything. So where do you think that kind of love and devotion comes from? It comes straight from the heart of God. And I have seen God do the impossible. And he continues to make great history for me. And I do believe. And I want to read something to you. I've just finished reading a book by Franklin Graham called Living Beyond the Limits. And this is what he says at the end of uh, this, this chapter. He says, faith is the power that God gives us to break out of our human limitations and become the people he created us to be. Use this power to slay the enemies of faith and experience the joy of living in sync with him. So I'm going to read that one more time. Faith is the power that God gives us to break out of our human limitations and become the people he has created us to be. Use this power to slay the enemies of faith and experience the joy of living in sync with him. So when we are believing for the impossible, Let's go back again to those foundational truths that we need. The foundational pieces that, in, that strengthen our faith. And that is first, the knowledge of who he is. Know who your God is. You can't have faith in him if you don't know who he is. So find out who he is. Find out his character. Find out those qualities. Read all the stories about what he's done for everybody else. Know him in this way. Then look back on your life about the evidence and history that you have that he's done for you. There may be very small things when just in one moment in a day, somebody says just the right word for you. And that's what you needed. You may have had a huge sale that God gave you. That was the working of a whole entire year. And almost at the last minute it fell through and then it came back. So you may have a really big one that you can remind yourself of, but it's all these that are woven into our life that create that ability to have faith that moves mountains. So we have the knowledge of who God is. We have evidence. We have history, which gives us the ability to believe in who he says he is. And that creates trust, which supports our faith. And our faith gives us the ability to hope for the impossible. So I want you to think about this. Think about this statement. With my God, I can scale a wall. So doing the impossible. Psalms 1829 says, maybe that's not a big deal for you. But for me, this verse is pretty much representative of an impossibility. With my God, I can scale a wall. It's not just enough to psych myself up or to practice positive thinking. My only hope of getting over the walls in my life is with my God. I need his strong arm helping me. See, God has given us great promises. And he will help us when we are climbing the walls in our lives. So Psalm 63, 8 says, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. That's Psalms 89, 13. This is one of my favorites, though. Isaiah 41, 13. It says, for I am the Lord, your God, 
who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. It's an amazing, it's amazing the difference it makes when someone helps you up and over an obstacle or even just walks beside you and encourages you. Grasping an outreached hand is sometimes just the assistance we need. How much more help we find when we grasp God's outstretched hand. So the next time God gives you an impossible job to do, reach for his powerful hand, ask for his strength, and count on him to help you up and over the obstacles. Our best effort and his strength are great enough to accomplish the task. Because God can do the impossible, but what God loves to do is the impossible through us. He loves it when we have testimonies and evidence to tell other people about what impossible things God has done for us. So he loves helping us scale walls. And he has his righteous right arm, his outstretched hand that we can cling to. So I want you to think about what are the impossible things that you are facing right now in your life? What are the impossible things that you have? And letting yourself really work on that trust that gives you the faith that you need, that relational part that you need with God to have that faith that moves mountains. Because with God, all things are possible. And this is one of these things that we want to believe God for. And we want to give him those good feelings throughout the day. My gosh, we know he must need good feelings when he's dealing with our world. So one of the ways we give him those good feelings, if we're not perfect, which we're not, then we do it by our faith in Him, our trust in Him, that we believe in Him. I hope this was encouraging for you today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm praying for you this week as you do the impossible with God. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.